Hi, I'm Tyla. I'm Sally. <laughs> and you're listening to our podcast. A year ago today. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> We're getting better at the little official sounding intro. Yeah, I like it. Oh. Oh boy. Okay. What's the best thing that happened to you since we last recorded? Oh my gosh. Um, this one is like, it feels kind of big. The best thing that happened to me since the last time we recorded is I had a series of events happen in my life, um, in a couple of different areas of my life, actually, that made me realize that I'm standing in my power. Mm-hmm. I feel like for a long time, I've been like terrified of my power and I've but wanting to be in it at the same time. And I'm like, how do I get in there to that place? That's like a powerful creator, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and then it's just like in the last 48 hours, the situations that I'm creating in my life, (laughs) like I said something in an intention, um, of course, without really knowing what I was asking for as often happens with intentions. Mm -hmm. Um, when we went to record our last episode, I asked for it to be an opportunity for powerful healing. Um, and then within an hour of that, I got real, I got a little tiny bit triggered and I, instead of ignoring it, I kind of decided to like pick at it because I was like, Oh, a little tiny trigger. How cute. Let's see what it is. (laughs) And I picked at it and it blew up everywhere inside of me. It was a monster trigger. (laughs) Oh my God. It was a monster. I'm talking like up until 4 AM on the, I called Sally and I was on the phone with my mom until literally four in the morning, um, talking through all of the different parts of this trigger. And then when I was looking back at my day, I was seeing all these little synchronicities and signs that had been adding up and like making everything so clear and so much easier. And I just felt so like divinely supported and also so in awe of the situation that I had created. Hmm. Um, and it's like, <laughs> it sucks. Cause it's like something that I have to continue to like move through. Um, but it's also really cool. Mm-hmm. I texted Sally and I was like, if I am this powerful, how am I not a billionaire yet? <laughs> I've had those moments also. Oh boy. Anyway, <laughs> so that's the best thing that's happened to me. And I'm feeling going into this today a little bit, like not a little bit, I'm feeling exhausted emotionally because it's been a real emotional roller coaster of the last 36 hours, but I'm excited too. Well, that's good. That'll oh. be, it'll be good for you to soak it all in. Yeah. Transpires. Yeah, I, I plan to kick back and relax during this podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> Soak it all in. Oh, Sally, what's the best thing that's happened to you since the last time we spoke? Um, not a lot has happened, and I've also had some like roller coaster of emotions. I'm gonna say that this moment right before I started recording. I am drinking iced coffee, which I didn't finish it intentionally so I can have some while we're on the podcast. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> and, um, and I had a donut that Justin brought me yesterday. Guys, I really love donuts. And so it was just this like really lovely moment. I was listening to my audiobook, Sweet Bitter, and eating my donut and drinking my iced coffee and just like life is wonderful and like yeah. just having a really leisurely time and like open expansive mm. space before we record. 
Oh my God. Did you listen to that podcast I told you to listen no, to? No, I still haven't listened to it. Oh my God. <laughs> it was, I have um, so many things to listen I to. Know, I know, I know, but I'm telling you <laughs> and I'm telling everyone out there, this needs to be at the very top of your list. It's an episode of Sampler called Childish Podcasting. And, um, I like don't want to ruin it. I don't want to say anything else. I just want to tell you that after like every clip in the first section, I was texting Sally after every single clip being like, Oh my God, I'm dying. This is the best thing I've ever heard. So this is going to come out. This podcast will come out weeks and weeks probably (laughs) after that sampler episode came out. But like, I really highly recommend you go back and find it and listen to the childish podcasting episode. We'll have a link on our website. Yes the show notes oh and that's good to say we've gotten really kind of fancy with our show notes not fancy but kind of fancy um sally and i have gone back through and re-listened to every episode in its entirety or we're in the process of doing that and we're putting links in the show notes on the website to everything that we mentioned on the episode even if it's just something we mentioned in passing so if you've heard us mention something and you're interested in finding out more like the white noise machine that i mentioned in like episode one or two um, like if you wanted to go to our website, there's a link and you can click on it and it'll take you right to Amazon where you can buy that white night, that white noise machine. Mm-hmm. And it's the same for like books or quotes or movies or whatever, everything we're putting in the show notes, which is really exciting. Yes. <gasps> All right. All right. Now I'm going to sit back and relax. <laughs> Great. Well, you have to introduce our guest. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, so our guest today is Amber. Hi, Amber. Hi guys. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. I'm jazzed. Yes. I'm so exciting. Oh God, now I sound like a Muppet. Sorry, oh. that's going to happen every so often. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh my God, I loved it. I'm yeah, like, I hope too. that you do that again. <laughs> oh my God, I'm we're like, only like five seconds into this. I'm already having the best time. <laughs> yeah, wait till I bring out my Kermit the Frog impression. Oh, oh my man. gosh. <laughs> this is going to be great. <laughs> I was just telling Amber before before she came on that we've had a couple of people on the show before that we didn't know very well, but she is the first person that I have reached out to based only on her online presence and been like, hi, I have this thing. Will you be a part of it? And she said, yes. And I was like, this is amazing, but we don't actually know each other in any capacity. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. And when you said that, it just made me so happy. And I feel like I just kind of like want to sit here and like savor this little bit of happiness and just like Mm. be with it for a few minutes. (laughs) Well, we could take a break if you want. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was, I was, I was chilling with it while you guys were talking about iced coffee and I was getting really jealous of the iced coffee and donut situation that was happening over there. Oh boy. It's so good. (laughs) Oh my God. I already want Amber to come on every podcast. I know. This is great. (laughs) Obviously my intuition is right about who I should reach out to. Yeah, it's true. Keep doing that. Okay. The intuition thing, man, like the more you play with it and the more it kind of just shows up for you. I, I love that. Wow. I've been playing with that a lot myself and well, it's so incredible. Introduce why you're here. And then people will be like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so a year ago today, Amber was starting a business as an intuitive coach. Ooh, I wanted to be like, Dun, 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 but that's the wrong, <laughs> wrong sound effect. No, but actually your intuition is right again, because that oh. is actually the perfect soundtrack. Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> tell us, 
tell us everything. Well, no, no. Oh, Sally, I messed up our new format. No, it's okay. It's okay. This is <laughs> oh, good. Oh, shoot. Good. We did something cool no, last episode good. and I forgot. Ah, okay. It's okay. <laughs> See, that's, that's, that's with the, the power of the dun dun dun. Everything just goes out the window, and you're like, "Oh God, what now?" <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, no, this so, is great. This is perfect. Amber, if you would close your eyes for just a second and take a really deep inhale, and go back to a year ago today, really feeling yourself, and describe for us in one word how you were feeling. excited yeah in that moment there was there was so much excitement you know and so much kind of joy around now I'm suddenly throwing a whole lot more than one word at you but (laughs) (laughs) so much joy in you know the idea of being able to use this um you know this gift if you want to call it that that I discovered a few years before and had been playing with a lot and was deciding to step into it in a much bigger way. And there was a lot of excitement around that. Um, and there was also, you know, some fear around it. And this is where the dun, dun, dun comes in. Um, (laughs) because of course, when you start like any business, you're going to start meeting these new pieces of yourself or not new pieces. They've always been there. You've just gotten really, really adept at hiding them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you start a business, you know, you step out on your own, you know, especially with an intuitive business. I mean, there is nothing you get to hide from when you start an intuitive business. Oh my gosh. You're making me so nervous because full disclosure, (laughs) full disclosure, I have been working with an incredible intuitive coach who teaches other intuitive people how to be intuitive coaches. And I'm Mm. like coming to the end of that program. I'm currently in my practicum. So we have to do 10 practicum sessions to get our certification. Um, so I'm like, I'm like two steps away from being where you were a year ago. And I, when you're like, there's a little bit of fear and like, I'm fucking terrified. (laughs) (laughs) So I just wanted to put that out there before we go too far that, you know, that I can really empathize. I think, you know, meeting ourselves in that place of fear is so powerful and so needed. Mm -hmm. You know, what I'm, learning, you know, even just in the past couple of weeks has been that I really have to meet myself in that place with a lot of love and a lot of compassion. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about self-love and self-compassion and, you know, and I think I understood it on an intellectual level, but it's finally starting to like sink down from my brain and into my heart. And I'm finally like, getting it, you know? You're like, oh, self-love. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That means I actually have to love myself. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't beat myself up when I'm not perfect. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm excited for you because, you know, everything that comes from a journey like this is, you know, it's a blessing. It's a gift. Like I was talking with my own intuitive coach, um, a few weeks ago and, you know, we were talking about the stuff that I had to dive into. It actually sounds really similar to what you were in recently, Tyla, with, you know, being on the phone with your mom till four in the morning, like, Mm -hmm. 
I, I think a lot of us are being in that really triggered spot right now. And so I was, I was talking with my coach about, you know, having to go into those triggered spots and really meet myself there. And I was caught, I was like, I don't want to go through this crap anymore. I'm so sick of it. And she's like, well, what you're calling crap is actually like, this is the gold. This yeah. is the gold of your experience. This is what you're going to write about. This is what you're going to teach. And you have to go through it before you can show up uh. as that teacher. And I'm like, you know, and on some level, it's so beautiful and so wonderful. And on another level, it's like, God damn it. Yeah, you're like, I, <laughs> I had this moment on the phone and I was like, I was like, it was a, like I said, it was like a little cute, tiny trigger, you know, and I decided to look at it and blew up into this big thing. And I was like, oh, why did I do this? Like I could, <laughs> I could have left it alone. And I was like, I hate the way I'm feeling right now. And I guess I hadn't been in a really triggered state for a while. Um, and I was just like, I forgot what it feels like to really be in a trigger. Um, yeah. Which High I'm really, five and big hug for you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, yeah, I'm really proud of myself that I took the time to look at it, but it also was just like exactly what you just said. And I hadn't even thought of that. It's like, if I want to be coaching people through things, I better be able to remember what that feels like. Yeah. Yeah. Take good notes. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, if you ever forget, it'll show up. Oh again. yeah. It's really oh yeah. Up. Uh, I've actually, one of the things I've been doing lately is, um, I've been going into my triggers around like social media, you know, where you see so many, yeah, Yeah. so many, you see all of your friends who you love dearly and they're all getting book deals and having babies and like doing all the things that you really, you know, want in your life. And then crying on the floor for 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, that was the thing that I had been avoiding. And that was basically what my coach encouraged me to do. She's like, you know, just go in there, go into that place and see if you can meet that person with love and compassion. And like, you know, not like, okay, Amber, you've obviously done your life entirely wrong because you're 38 and single. It's like, no, meet yourself there with love and like love the journey you've been on. And I keep saying the word journey and I hear it come out of my mouth, but I figure you guys can roll. (laughs) We're all on a journey here. (laughs) I had a friend over last night for dinner and we were talking about a lot of personal growth stuff. And, you know, I started talking about doing inner child work and I immediately was like, you know, I started doing inner child work, which kind of makes me want to kill myself a little bit. Like it's (laughs) so cheesy. And and all night we kept saying things and we're like, yeah, that's an eye roll kind of statement. Like, <laughs> it's so true because you hear these things like, oh, you have to love yourself or like you have to be kind to yourself and take care of yourself and be your own best friend. And it is like such an eye roll, but like at the same time, it's so true. It's yeah. so true. I have, I have a friend who, um, we're both kind of like, you know, we went to school on the East coast, but we live in California now and we're both like super hippie on one level and we talk about our crystals, but then we're also <laughs> like that kind of, um, you know, sarcastic kind of, we have that kind of East coast energy still to us. And so like, (laughs) we just like, we're like, okay, so we're these intellectual people who aren't muggles. How do we, (laughs) how do we do this? So we don't feel like assholes and we haven't like come up with an answer for that yet. And like, as I'm speaking, I can see like, I think at least 17 crystals are in my eyesight right now. I love that. Crystals are the best. Crystals are the best. I can see six. <laughs> well, I'm in a closet, so I can't see any, but I assure you that I have plenty. <laughs> Wait, Amber, where in California do you live? I live in Mill Valley, which is this like 
fucking idyllic little hamlet right across the Golden Gate Bridge from San Francisco. Ooh, nice. It's beautiful. It's like this little mountain town. And I live in this little cottage. I call it my hobbit hole. (laughs) And there's like, so there's a guy who wanders around this adorable little downtown. I swear to God, he looks like Gandalf. He has like (laughs) a gray beard. He carries a staff. Oh my God. And he has like a green felt pointy hat. Oh my god! It's amazing. Oh my God. Do you have a picture of him we could put in our show notes? I don't, but you know what I'll do? I'm going to go out and like try to find him. So maybe oh by the time this goes up, I will have this a photo for amazing. you. I will send you a present in the mail if you get us a picture of that on okay. the website. All right. I don't know right. what, but something. <laughs> that is good incentive. I love presents. I love mail. All right. This is happening. All right. Oh, well, gosh. okay. I'm going to bring us back just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we obviously all need to be best friends because this is so fun. Um, a year ago, tell us, give us a little bit, like set the scene. Tell us a little bit like how you came to the point of starting a business and what that process was like and what was coming up for you around this time a year ago when you were like, all right, I'm really doing this. Yeah. Yeah. So this, you know, this process actually started a number of years ago. Um, I was going through a lot, you know, I think we've all, all of us have had a really intense four years. Um, it's just, you know, astrologically it's, you know, like with the whole Ascension thing happening, it's just been crazy. Like all of the energy. Um, but I, you know, so I had come out of a really kind of dark spot. I had been, um, you know, I'd been nomadic for a while. So I was traveling. I'd spent like a month in Costa Rica and a month in Amsterdam and a month in New York. And it was fantastic. And then basically I, you know, I fly back to California and my father dies. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was, that's going to be intense. And, Mm -hmm. um, I moved back to LA after that and was just kind of moving through the grief. And I started working with my, um, my intuitive coach. And so she, she walks into my apartment in Santa Monica. And like, basically the first thing she says to me is, Oh, you're an empath and a channeler. And I'm like, what? (laughs) I like, I had to go and Google channeler. And by the way, (laughs) don't Google channeler because like some weird fucking stuff comes up. I'm like, what is this? Don't Google it. We'll just explain it to you. Just yeah. call us. <laughs> right. Exactly. But when you can oh. call us, because we have a phone number now, and if you want it, it's on the website. Oh, good point. Thanks. Way to go. <laughs> Sorry. You might little... be hearing from me. I'm like, hey, guys. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, she kind of opens up this door that I had, you know, I had, I'd kind of been in this when I was younger. But I hadn't really, you know, I'd really left it behind for years and I hadn't really played with it much. I didn't know that this was something that I could do. I just thought I was really sensitive and had to get my shit together and stop being such a bait, you know, all of that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so, you know, I worked with her for a few years and began, um, you know, playing with this, you know, playing with channeling for myself and doing it for friends and, um, you know, really kind of showing up to this gift and being like, all right, what do you want for me? How can, you know, what, how do you want to come through for me? How can I use you to help? You know, what, what is the service here? Um, so, you know, I'd been a writer for my whole, my whole career, really, um, a freelance writer and, 
um, you know, and I loved it. And I'm realizing, you know, since a lot of the best stuff I ever did had been channeled, like it would just mm-hmm. show up in my head. I would just like basically transcribe it. Yeah. And like 45 minutes later, I'd have something that I really loved. And that felt really true. You know, and I'd go back later and go like, where did that come from? I didn't come up with that. <laughs> it just, came I love that. Me. I love when yeah, that happens. I love that too. It's like my favorite thing to get in that place and just be like, okay, I am just, I am the transcriptionist here. And I get to put my name on it, which feels great, but it's not really from me. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the cool thing is, too, I feel like a lot of times those are the things that other people really resonate with. Oh, totally. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. oh, my God, I wrote this thing and people are responding. But at the same time, it wasn't me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this sounds so much wiser than I generally right. do. <laughs> but I will claim it, thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, so about a year ago, um, I started thinking about like how I could really show up more with this and, um, you know, begin to, you know, it had really been calling me like every time I worked with people in this way, it, it seemed to really land with them and it seemed to help in ways that like most of the time I didn't fully understand if I understood it at all. Um, but it just, it felt really, it just felt like something I had to do. So, um, I started, you know, talking to some coaches and just looking at like, okay, how does this work? How does the business aspect of this work? And that's where the dun, dun, dun comes in. Because <laughs> when you say words like business and marketing to me, like my entire soul wants to curl up and die. Oh, like I want to go and rock in the corner and, you know, just kind of like huddle with my stuffed animal. Um, and I do have a stuffed animal. She is a sea otter and her name guys is Sally. <laughs> Oh, I actually knew that, but I forgot. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And so can like, oh, we have talking to a Sally? That's so can we have permission to link to your article about your sea otter? Yes, please. She Cause... um Amber wrote a beautiful piece. Um it's all well, it's not all about the sea otter, but it's kind of about the sea otter. It's a lot about the sea otter. The most amazing thing after that piece went up on, um, what was it, Cosmo? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all the people who have that same sea otter started contacting me. And we're oh. all like Instagram friends now. Oh, oh my gosh. I just got chills. <laughs> I'm like, there are so many people like me. This is great. And that's like the beauty and the power of the internet. Like if you're really weird about your stuffed sea otter, there are going to be people out there who are also weird about their stuffed sea otters. Oh and it's great. Gosh. I love the it's internet. Great. I love the internet. Um, so yeah, a year ago I was really, you know, stepping into this and looking at how I could, you know, I'm, I'm listening to the, the words in my brain from a year ago. Like what comes up is like, how can I make this work? Mm. How can I, um, you know, do this right? I want to do it right. And you can hear already kind of the journey that I've been on since that, you know, since that started, because, you know, there is really no way to do it right. There's no right path. There's no wrong path. And (laughs) so a lot of like my own inner stuff really got revealed as I went through this process. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really beautiful. It's also quite intense. Um, and I think what I've learned since then is that for me, I can't focus on the business piece of it, you know, no matter how, perfect. I want to be with it. I just can't do that because it drains me and it really, it burnt me out. Mm -hmm. And so like, I think 
the one thing I would have loved to know at that point is that I don't have to do it the way everybody else does it. And in fact, Mm. I can't do it the way everybody else does it because that's, you know, we're intuitive. We're, you know, we aren't following a prescribed path. And if we try, we'll just end up where somebody else ended up. We're not going to end up where we need to end up. Right. And it's like when you have on your to-do list, like Facebook post, (laughs) like, you know, like marketing for potential clients. And then like something pops in your brain that tells you to email a certain person and you're like, well, that doesn't make sense. And it's not on my list, but it's like, you have to like forego, well, not necessarily forego. I would probably forego the marketing post and just be like, I'm going to just send this email and see what comes of it. And that would, like, I wish I had done that more, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm at the point where if I start making lists, like, okay, I need to do a Facebook post about this, or I need to market. If if the word market shows up on a list, I burn it at this point. <laughs> like, I literally go to my sink, I light a match, and I burn it. Yeah. Well, I've also found that nothing that comes from the energy of quote-unquote marketing actually attracts anyone to me. Nothing that I put out into the world with the intention of attracting people ever attracts anybody. It's only when I put something out that's like, um, my truth. When I put something out from my truth, then people respond. And it's funny because then I get sometimes in this weird thing where I'm like, okay, I really want to be in my truth because then people will respond. And then it's like, okay, but that's still not the right energy. And it's like this funny, like balance I have to find within myself you just yeah. have to let go of the, I don't know. I don't know. You got to let go of something. I'm still figuring out what it is. <laughs> oh God. Me too. Me too. When we figure this out, let me tell you, shit's going to get real. Then we can oh. really make some money. Because <laughs> then we'll sell our information to everybody else out there. I feel like, you know, that, that idea of showing up in, you know, from that vulnerable place, it's almost like for me, I have to look at what do I not want people to know, you Mm -hmm. know, and then kind of go from there or like, okay, what would actually make me feel ill to post it? Mm. You know, it's, it's almost counterintuitive because a lot of it is also, well, you, you know, you want to be in that high energy. You want to feel good when you're doing these things, but you know, part of this is that we don't always feel good. And so it's not about pushing ourselves to like market when it feels terrible, but it's about looking at like, okay, so why don't I want to show up in this way? Why don't like, for example, I've been doing these little daily intuitive guidance videos just for like the past week as an experiment. And so right before we got on the show today, um, the podcast, I, I was like, okay, I should post this to my Facebook page, but I really, I did not want to Mm. like something in me was like, I just, I don't, you know, people on my face, they don't want to know about this. They want like pictures of giraffes. You know, (laughs) it was, it was that kind of thing. And I really, it was hard to put it up. And I basically just said, Hey guys, this is really hard. I don't know why this is so hard. Posting something on Facebook doesn't seem like it should be that hard, but for some reason, this is digging into some fear that I have, some fear of showing up. And so I'm just going to do it and I might delete it later, but I'm going to do it. Mm. And so I posted it and, you know, sure enough, you know, people were like, Hey, I see you. I hear you. Thank you. Mm. It's like, Oh, (sighs) thanks. You know, what was that thing, um, that Michael Ian Black said, Sally? I don't, I don't know what he says. Lots of things. (laughs) No, in the podcast that we were texting about, there was something about fear. 
Oh, it was like oh, something was about, about like when you. It was about leaning into it, but that's not the word. That no. He oh, used. he said you run toward it. He was like, when you feel fear, you should run toward it. Mm-hmm. And that's like kind of the same thing where it's like anytime you have that fear coming up, you know you're on the right track. I have fear coming up right now as you say that because I'm like, I don't want that to be true. And yet I know that it is true. <laughs> Because we're so conditioned to like avoid the fear or to avoid anything that makes us uncomfortable, you know, and sometimes we just have to sit with the discomfort. We just have to like meet it, you know, and be like, Hey, let's have some tea. What's up? How are you doing today? Mm -hmm. Read any good books? (laughs) I like the idea of, um, I'm just quoting podcasters. That's, you don't even need to listen to our podcast. You can just listen to all these other podcasts. But um, Tara Brock always talks about attend and befriend your fear Mm, Um, and how she describes it as like your fear and other negative emotions are sometimes like cute little forest animals um, and they're really skittish and you want to like coax them to come toward you. Yeah, that's Uh, that's a nice image. mm -hmm. Boy, I prefer to party with my fears, but that's just me. (laughs) Sometimes my fears will show up as like these big, like black, like molasses monsters. And they're actually kind of scary. And like what I find is that I have to like just be in the room with them. And sometimes like actually like I will step into them and be like, okay, I'm just stepping into you now. I'm stepping into your black stickiness and I'm going to see what's down here. And that's actually, it's really powerful because often what's in there, it's just kind of like, it is black and it can be scary, but it's also when I'm in that space that I'm like, wait a second, I have a lot of love and I have a lot of light and it's still in me, even in this blackness. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of have to call on that. And then the monster like disintegrates in some like cinematically amazing <laughs> way or just dissolves or, or I'm in it for a while and I'm just like, okay, so here we are. What's mm-hmm. up? You're black and sticky. Hi. That's amazing. I was just having the thought, like, who is the creative director of your visualizations? I guess it's you. (laughs) Oh, so back to intuitive coaching. I want to know a little bit about who your first clients were, how you attracted them, how you found yourself in those first sessions, like what kind of work you were doing. I want to know more about the ins and outs of what you were actually doing and with whom and how you got this thing off the ground. Yeah, of course. Um, so initially I was like, all right, who do I do this for? How, what, where? And then a very wise person in my life was like, well, you're a writer work with writers. Oh, well, that's brilliant. All right. (laughs) So I, you know, I actually, the way I started was I, emailed three of my friends who were writers, um, you know, two of whom were close friends and one of whom was just someone I had interacted with on the internet. And, um, I just said, Hey, would you guys like to get on Skype with me for half an hour and we'll see what we can do to help you. And basically like they had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea how to describe it at that point. So it was just because like they trusted me that they were willing to take half an hour and get on Skype with me. Um, and we just had three like really powerful sessions where I just, you know, I showed up and I channeled what, you know, what came through and it was really all about 
how to, you know, kind of take care of the writer, like taking care of the writer is taking care of the words. Mm -hmm. And that ended up being a huge relief for all three of them. Um, you know, and they were all at all different levels at that point. Like one was, you know, she's a beautiful writer, but hadn't really stepped into it yet. One was, um, kind of in, you know, in a space where she was pitching and, you know, being really, proactive, but things hadn't quite started to land yet. Um, they did start landing afterwards, which was really wonderful. And then one, you know, had a book deal, but she was still like writing the book and was getting it set to go to the publisher. And, you know, they all kind of needed to hear the same thing, which was really interesting. I wouldn't have expected that, but they all just needed to hear that it was okay to take care of themselves and it was okay to rest. It was okay that they didn't write 2000 words that day. Like maybe you're, you know, maybe today is the day that you take care of yourself and know that taking care of yourself is taking care of your work. So, um, that's, you know, I kind of just started, it was very, actually it was very intuitive, Tyler. Like I was mm -hmm. out with my boyfriend at the time we were waiting to get dinner. I was like, Hey, I should do this thing. And I like literally emailed all three of them from my phone. I was just like, Hey guys, you want to do this? And it took me like five minutes. Yeah. And by the time, you know, by the time dinner was over, they'd all responded. Um, and we had set up times. That's amazing. It's so, yeah. um, Two things. It's so much better, I find, to act in the moment than to, like, put it on the list to do when you get home. Yes. Oh, totally. It's like, can yes. I actually do this right now and how long will it really take? Can mm -hmm. I just send the email and it doesn't have to be perfect because it'll be done? Um, and the second thing is, it's so cool how when you let your intuition guide who you reach out to that you get a response. I mean, I have spent a lot of time reaching out to people to tell them about the podcast. And I, like, literally went through all of my Facebook friends because I realized how many of them don't show up in my feed. And I was like, there's a lot of people out there in the world who care about me and who are on a similar wavelength that I think if they knew what I was up to, they would be interested, but I'm pretty sure they're not seeing it in their feed. Mm. Um, so I went through all of my Facebook friends and made a list of absolutely everyone I thought might be interested. And I went through in like two days, messaged like 60 or 70 people. Wow. And maybe like 10 of them got back to me. And then like a week later, I woke up with a list of names in my head. And it was like seven people. And I reached out to seven people about the podcast that day. And I heard back from all of them. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I guess that's just kind of the difference between like action for action's sake yeah. and inspired action. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. And it's so tempting to take action for action's sake because that's yeah. what we've been taught to do. That's yeah. the energy of this world. It's very masculine. And we're all kind of having to like relearn that very feminine space of just like being in that creation and that intuition and trusting it, trusting it has been like the biggest thing for me. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I'm even like, Oh, my throat is clogging up as I say the word trust. <laughs> Your body's like, I don't like trust. <laughs> my body's like, I don't know about this. <laughs> it was so funny. On the last podcast we recorded, I kept accidentally muting myself. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> it was like the same kind of thing. I was like, well, obviously I'm like really subconsciously not wanting to like get into this idea. So that leads me to my next question is how else has trust really played out inside this experience for you? Mm, yeah. The first, you know, the first few years when I was developing this, you know, this skill, it's not a skill. I was basically <laughs> all I was, I wasn't developing a skill. I wasn't like, I was practicing trust is what I was doing. I was learning to trust what came through me, you know, and and it's still, it's, it's a work in progress. Like 
you know, last week I was doing, I have this thing on my Facebook group where I will get, get on for half an hour and be like, Hey guys, anyone who's on Facebook right now, you can ask me anything. And I will give you, you know, the intuitive answer that I received for you, you know, about work, life, love, whatever it is. And so, um, someone messaged me and she said, Hey, do you, do you just have any insight on my life direction? And literally the first word that came to my head was chicken. It's like that. Okay. I don't know about that. I can't so send I was, that. <laughs> I, yeah. So I was like, all right. But I was like, okay, trust. So I was like, all right. So the first thing that came to me is chicken. And since I don't know if that makes any sense, here's what, I'll, and then, you know, some other things came to me. So I sent those off as well. And she got back to me and she, you know, she, she replied to the comment and she was like, oh yeah, no, that's actually perfect because I've been trying to decide whether or not we should get chickens, <laughs> have a chicken coop and raise chickens. So I was like, oh well, okay. God. You're like, well, the, the universe hard yes. says chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like trusting when that weird kind of random stuff comes through and trusting that, you know, what you receive is what's, what's meant to be heard. Yeah. You have to really gently invite your ego to get out of the way. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. sometimes I feel like in the session, something will come through. And the first voice I hear after it comes through is like, you can't say that. And then it's like, okay, but I wouldn't have received it if I weren't supposed to say it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, a friend of mine said a few years ago, she's like, trust is your Mount Everest. I'm like, yeah, that's, Mm. that's what it's been for me. It's learning to trust the information that comes through and trust myself to show up in an intuitive guided way to kind of share that information in the way it wants to be shared. I just, I read this beautiful quote yesterday somewhere on Facebook and it said, you've been given this mountain to show others that you can move it. Mm. And when he just said that trust is your mountain, I was like, Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. 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 Sally. Yeah. What are you doing over there? I'm thinking. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know what's coming up for you. Because you Um, are such an intuitive worker, too. All of your work is also based on intuition, and you're being pretty quiet, and I'm not going to let that continue. Um, I mean, mostly I'm just like absorbing everything. Cause I know that the question that I've been sitting with lately is, well, what now, like what's next for me? And so I just keep like letting all the words like soak into me because I know that my answers are in this conversation. So oh, that's Sally, really I'm, what I'm doing. I'm right there with you on the what's yeah. next. I yeah, think we're all in that space of like, what the hell is next? <laughs> like, cause I was an intuitive coach for a while. I was like, I'm going to be an intuitive coach. That's what I'm going to be. And then I realized that I really fucking hate coaching <laughs> like so much. <laughs> like I can do it in, I can do things that are like coaching and those don't feel draining. But if I need to like label myself an intuitive coach or do anything that feels like coaching, I feel really exhausted. I feel really like 
it's not as intense as like disgusted, but <laughs> like, I just don't feel good. It's headed toward that direction. It's yeah. on the road to disgusted. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, and it's great. Cause I know that I can help people and that's wonderful. It's not that it's not that I'm like, Oh, I don't, whatever. I like helping people and being able to give them guidance. That's fine. But like, I just don't like the actual work, especially if it's one-on-one. But what I have found is that since I took that off the table, then I'm just like, I have no idea now what else to do. Um, but anyway, so that's, what's happening. I've just like absorbing all of it and like making note of like the things that stick out to me about what's, what y'all are saying and what's coming up for me in in response to what y'all are saying. Yeah, that's, I'm super interested in that just because I've had a somewhat similar experience. Like when I think about coaching it, it's, it's, the word coach is starting to sound to me like the word marketing or business. I just want to <laughs> curl up and die because I kind of feel like, you know, I don't know that coaching is right for me, but I know that the intuition I receive, you know, the, the messages I receive for people are right. Yeah. So it's almost like we have to really, that's one of the things I've done this summer is really stepped back from what I've been doing and tried to just be like, okay, what, do I really feel fed by what do I feel like how I I don't even have words for it at this point because Mm -hmm. it's, it's such a deep process of kind of realigning everything and coming into a wholeness with it. Mm -hmm. Well, because what happens is that, especially if you're working in any kind of like intuitive, what anything led by your intuition and by your higher self the tiny nuances start to really matter. Like when I realized that I could no longer call myself a coach because it was making me want to throw up, like part of me was like, but this is so stupid. Like this isn't impacting any of like the actual work that I do. Like somebody else could still be calling me their coach and like, what the hell am I going to do with that? Um, but I did, I just like took it off of my website. I don't remember what I used instead. I think I used like intuitive guide or something. I don't remember, but I do know that it was at least important enough for me to stop using the word. And even though I didn't have anything to replace it with yet, (laughs) I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm at least going to do this one, this step of like not calling myself that. Um, but it is interesting though, because like I have a client who I communicate with almost on a daily basis, pretty much. And I'm just like constantly channeling messages for her, constantly being like, no, this, you know, this, this thing that you're picking up on, actually it's meant for this other team member. Like, you know, this is for them and this is how you need to deal with this and you know, whatever. I don't know what she calls me. I don't know if she calls me her coach. I doubt it. (laughs) Um, but so it's like the work itself is cool. It's great. Although I also, one of the things that I learned was that I really like one-on-one work, not my jam. And the more that I was doing it, the more that like things were just not working. Um, and so it helps that even though it's like one person primarily that I communicate with, I'm really doing it for the whole team and the business as a whole. Mm -hmm. So like those kinds of distinctions too, they become really important. Like I can do it. I can do it solo quote unquote, if it's for like the entity of the company or the whole team. But if it's just like, I'm going to talk to you one person about this one thing or whatever, then 
it just doesn't work for me. And I like feel gross after I feel like, Oh, that hurt my soul. Like, I do not like that. Let's not do that again. There's <laughs> no stub in your soul. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's so interesting. Like I have two things really coming up strongly. So like one is that you're almost like a business spirit guide. Oh, I'm, that's I, just that's coming fun. through. I don't know if you want to you <laughs> take that if you want, leave it, whatever. But that really is because if you're working, if you're working with the soul of a business, which is what mm-hmm. Sally does, um, you're the business's guide, not yeah. the, not the person's guide. And it's really yeah. interesting, but I mean, that's one thing I was thinking. The other thing I was thinking is that talking about trust is that we were, we were talking about trust. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I want to say is that, you know, the decision to let go of something that's not working for you in this case, the word coach can be really challenging when you don't know yet what's going to replace it. But when you were talking, I was just thinking about the idea of creating space. And I've been like really fixated on this idea lately of creating space, you know, like purging my closet, Mm, like me too, clearing things off my schedule, you know, getting rid of absolutely everything that doesn't serve me. And I don't know, like when winter comes, I don't have enough clothes. (laughs) (laughs) And I also don't have a ton of disposable income at this, at this moment. And it's a little scary to get rid of the things that you don't want, trusting that you're making space for the things that you do want. And it's just when you were talking about letting go of the word coach and saying like, I don't know what's going to replace that, but if you don't make the space for the mm-hmm. new thing, how can it come to you? Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I've, I just had to do it. I was just like, yeah. okay, well, I guess it doesn't really matter what the hell I call myself. People didn't really understand what I did before anyway. So <laughs> yeah. no the label coach was not serving me anyway. <laughs> it's so funny because it's like, oh, whatever I was going to say just totally left my head. Never mind. <laughs> I actually, I love the word guide. Like at mm-hmm. this point, if someone said they were intuitive, an intuitive coach, I probably, it would probably just coast right past my brain because I feel like I've had so much coaching and I've been so overcoached and I'm so burnt out on coaching that like, I just want someone to guide me. I just want, you know, it's like, I'm craving guidance. I am, I'm feeling averted by coaching. Mm -hmm. So this is just my reflection of like, Hey, I like that. I like that word guide. And I like, you know, the idea of a business guide. Like, I think a lot of people would want that. And, you know, I've actually heard from a few people lately who really want something like that. Oh, well then. Yeah. My way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, the other interesting thing about coaching as a word is that it's also like kind of inaccurate because the best coaches aren't saying like, okay, run this play. You know, (laughs) the best coaches are simply asking you the right questions Mm -hmm. for you to find your own path. And it's like, that's not the same thing as like, okay, run this play, like pass to this guy, you know, this is the next seven steps you need to take to make a goal. Mm -hmm. And so I think maybe that's the reason, because I think that this idea that coaching quote unquote is like starting to resonate in a different way or to not resonate might be that it's, there's simply a misalignment. It's, it's a misnomer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like we're all like really, it sounds like all three of us and basically everyone I've spoken to lately, we're all being guided to like 
really reassess and really kind of go deep into mm-hmm. what we truly want and like clear out what we don't want. And just, it's like, we're all in this kind of almost uncomfortable waiting space. Like, yeah. okay, I've cleared out my closet. I've cleared mm-hmm. out the words that aren't resonating, but what does resonate, what is for me hasn't quite landed yet. Yeah. And it's and scary to be it's in that space. Scary. It's wow. Limbo is the worst place to be. Yeah. yeah. That's like not only trust, but also faith. Yes. It's like all of the things. <laughs> it's all of the things. We are just being asked to do all of all the, things, of the right things right now. Which is funny because even Matt has been its own journey over the last few weeks, especially. I've realized that there are certain things that I'm amazing at that I thought were related to other things. So for example, apparently surrender, and this has been reflected to me now several times, surrender is this thing that for some reason I've got down. Like I've finally learned that lesson. I can actually point to when, when I feel like that landed for me really a couple of years ago. I re- and then I just like became it. I was like, okay, if surrender is required, I've got this. But if it's like surrender and choice or like surrender and I don't know, like trust, then it's like the surrender part. Great. The other part, not so great. And so then I'm like, (laughs) wait, hold on. But I thought that I was so good at surrender. I should be good at this thing. But it's like, oh, no, it's because it requires surrender and something else that you need to work on. Spiritual multitasking <laughs> is no joke. No, it's not. It's like, wait, you exhausting. want me to do two things at once? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, what are you asking of me? I'm so confused. So yeah, so it's like, I really think that fine tuning and that, you know, real alignment is, is really what's coming through, especially for those of us who are so tapped into this kind of work and like this, area and our intuitions and all of that stuff. Oh God. And so then it just becomes exhausting. I mean, I've been exhausted for like the last month on a daily basis, like to the point where I've just been like, Oh God, I don't even know. (laughs) What do you want from me? What's so interesting is I feel like that people who aren't doing kind of this energetic work, um, at least not on a conscious level, it's really hard, not hard. It's challenging Because in a way, they, like, can't relate to you at all. Like, I feel like often I will say to my boyfriend, Matt, like, oh, I'm so exhausted. I've just been moving a lot of energy. And he Mm -hmm. has no idea what that means. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, I also don't know how to explain it because it's real. Yeah. And, well, I want to tell you guys something really cool. It's slightly off topic. (laughs) Great. Let's do it. I had one of my practicum sessions yesterday. And... I felt like I wasn't in the best place going into it, but I knew it was really important to honor my commitment to myself and to my client and, you know, do the session. And in the session, it was like my physical body opened up to a flow of energy that I have never, not never felt before, but that I have only felt in my life like one time before. Mm. Um, And I've been thinking this whole conversation that it's, I thought that it was just kind of during the session. I was like, oh, this huge wave of energy that is so intense that if I, if I didn't know I was safe, I would feel scared is kind of how I felt yesterday during the session. Um, but since then, like I've gotten full body chills like three or four times in this conversation. And last night I was talking to someone, I was talking to my friend. And at one point in the conversation, I felt like energy came out of the back of my head, like up over the top of my head, like a helmet. Mm. 
And it's so interesting because it's almost like I've opened this. Um, I thought it was just during the session, but it's almost like I've actually opened up to this new level of energy that mm -hmm. is freaking me out a little, but it's also kind of cool. <laughs> and I just wanted to tell you guys. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's really that interesting. Awesome. I feel like that's one of the reasons I like working with other people in this way, because like I can sit in my bedroom and do, you know, energetic work till the cows come home. But like when you do it with another person's energy, mm -hmm. it gets so intense and it's mm -hmm. like your energy feeds on itself. You know, mm -hmm. the two really start to play and it just, it, it doesn't just double it. Like, you know, it just explodes everywhere. And I feel like that's so powerful. And so when you, you know, when you open up to that. And also I think part of it for me is that I will show up for a client in a way that I won't always show up for myself. Like yes. I'm going to be honest, I will kind of half-ass it when it's just for me. I'm like, I'm, exactly. I'm the same way. But when it's for a client, I'm like, okay, I am here. I'm showing up. And then mm -hmm. I was on the phone with my mom the other night and she actually did this really gorgeous thing for me. Help me sort through this trigger. Um, I told her all about what was going on. And then she was like, all right, well, like, what if you were the coach and your client was coming to you with this? And I was like, I don't, I can't separate myself enough to do that. And then she gave me this gorgeous opportunity of like paraphrasing my problem and had me talk to her like she was my client. And in that way, I was able to talk through it. But it's, I think it's that same thing as like, you can do for others what is very challenging to do for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, but even just having another person with you, it's like the energy available to you to work through something, even if it's your own thing, expands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. It was such a relief for me. Like, I think this was a couple of years ago, but I went to go hear another channeler speak um, to, you know, channel. And one of the things he said was that like, you know, oh, well, I'll go to my, he used the word psychic. Um, he's like, I'll go to my psychic friends for my stuff because I can't you know, I can't always hear properly. I can't always channel properly for my own issues. And that was such a huge relief for me. It was just such permission to get help because, mm -hmm. you know, we do need, you know, that we're not supposed to do this alone. Like just because we have this, you know, and I think everybody has this ability. It's just like, just because we've tapped into this ability, you know, doesn't mean we have to have all the answers always for ourselves. Like we can, like, that's why I go to so many, you know, intuitives myself be like, Hey, mm -hmm. hell. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just such a relief to know that that's, you know, that that's an option and that we don't have to be an Island here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I'm so, I get so excited about the fact that I've now have this huge community of intuitives <laughs> available to me so that then when I need an intuitive check, I could just be like, Hey, uh, so this thing, I'm hearing this thing. Can you tell me if I'm right or wrong? <laughs> it's really great. <laughs> it is really fun. It's really fun. <laughs> um, well, Amber, I want to know, are you still working with clients and how has your work evolved over the last year? 
You know, the interesting thing is I started working, like it was purely channeled work. Like I'd just receive, you know, I'd receive the information and I'd just relay it. Um, and, you know, it almost get to a place where I had no idea what had happened in the session. So I would tell people to take notes or record it because, mm-hmm. you know, there's no guarantee that I'm going to have any memory of what we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I then, love that about channeling. Oh, and yeah. I think it's oh, also it's kind of freaky sometimes when you're like, I have no idea what I just said. <laughs> I hope it was helpful. <laughs> yeah, I hope it helped. <laughs> But then about six months in, I started um, doing a lot of energy work in a way that, you know, it, it, it had been done for me by others, by other practitioners, but I'd never really done it myself. And suddenly I realized that I was doing it and that's where I was being guided to like look at energy and to shift it around and to, you know, really just play with it. And it was really very powerful for me to realize that I could kind of just do this. You know, it was something that I had always been so happy to receive because it really, you know, it, it helped me feel better to such an intense degree. And it really, like, it wasn't until I started, you know, having energy work done that a lot of my depression stuff started to lift and that a lot of my self doubt started to, I mean, okay. I'm not going to like 75% of myself. <laughs> I think it would yeah, be we're, we're impossible human. to get rid of a hundred percent of yourself. Yeah. Exactly. Cause yeah. I mean, maybe human. if you're like Buddha, <laughs> <laughs> you're some ascended master. Yes. But then I almost feel like, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm here in this human experience. This is what I've chosen. So like, that's, that's part of it. This is part of what I signed up for. So, okay. Fair enough. Um, so, so yeah, the, the intuitive energy work started to just, it just started happening with clients and that was really exciting. Like I really, it's one of my favorite things to do now. Um, and I've completely lost track of your question at this point because. <laughs> oh, me too. But I have a new question. <laughs> I think I asked if you're still working with clients and how that has evolved, but oh, now yeah. I want to know in the energy work, are there, are there specific modalities that are processes that you're using? It was entirely just intuitive. It was just received. Mm -hmm. Like I, I did, you know, again, I've been working with my intuitive coach for a long time and she would do this for me. And I would, I thought of it as this like great big mystery and I had no idea what she was doing or how she was doing. I, I just knew that it helped me far more than anything else ever had. And, but then I just sort of realized that, Oh, I can do this too. Mm-hmm. It just, it just sort of, it's almost like it appeared one day and I realized yeah. I was doing it. And so, you know, you're like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, like, it's like riding a bike without, like, you don't realize your parent is like not holding on to the back anymore. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Or like a bird learning to fly. I'm like, oh my God, what is this? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, no, there's, I, I, there probably, it probably is a modality. Um, but I wouldn't know what to call it. Um, mm-hmm. since then I've started training in some more specific things just because I'm like, Oh, this is really cool. What else can I, what else can I do? What else can I learn? Yeah. Uh, but I think for me, I had to start intuitively because if I started 
learning someone else's process, someone else's modality, I don't know that I ever would have really tapped into myself um, simply because I tend to think that everybody else is right and I am wrong. Mm. Like that's some of the stuff that I have to work through. And so I think it was really important for me to start intuitively and just really feel grounded and like, okay, this is what I can do. This is how I can serve. This is how I can show up and then add to that. Like, okay, here's another piece that would, would also be helpful. That's so interesting because I find that I am a little bit the opposite. It's interesting because you just shared the belief that like everybody else is right and you're wrong. And my belief is kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing, but other people do. (laughs) I'm realizing. So I am like, I want to learn everything I possibly can from other people and have all those tools in my tool belt to support me as I figure out my own way. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because it's kind of the same belief, but it's like two totally different ways of approaching it. Exactly. And I think that that's, you have, because that's your mindset, Tyla, you have attracted really amazing guides and coaches that help you do that. Like Caitlin, Mm -hmm. for instance, she doesn't have, it's not like B school. It's not like here are the, here are the steps that you need to take to like do this thing. It's like, Hey, let's explore this. Like that's a very different kind of approach. And what she does is so cool because the whole way that she teaches you to be an intuitive coach is that like the first six months of this nine month program that I'm in, the first like six months are spent basically with her coaching you and you're just learning the different processes and modalities through her Mm -hmm. guiding you through them. It's not like, okay, today we're going to learn how to speak to your inner child. Mm -hmm. It's like, what's the block coming up for you today? Oh, this is the thing that I'm being intuitively guided to take you through. And now you have the recording of this call and you can go learn from it in a way that serves you, which is such an interesting way to teach. Mm-hmm. You know what? Interestingly enough, I think that's basically how I learned too. It just, you know, I didn't, when I started working with my coach, it was, it was just because I wanted to feel better. I wanted to mm-hmm. be able to write and she basically started showing me how, you know, she basically just did it for me. And I picked up in that same way. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. It's just, you know what you're doing. And I had no idea what I was doing at that yeah. point. <laughs> well, it's kind of cool because I wonder though, like I had done enough, um, I had done enough kind of personal growth work to know that I was headed toward intuitive coaching. So I specifically signed up for this program to become an intuitive coach, but the work that we've done continuing to shift things inside of me has been the most valuable part. But what I was going to say is I wonder Like you might not have sought out the support that you needed if your coach had labeled it as like become an intuitive coach. Oh, absolutely. I probably would have stopped. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially at that point, because that would have been very scary to me or like, oh, that's not what I want to do. I want to write books or, you know, whatever I wanted to do at that point, which I have no idea because I can't remember because I feel like so much has happened in the past Mm -hmm. few years. (laughs) Well, it's so interesting too, because I always think about how like nobody's teaching anything new. Everybody that is kind of doing this kind of work, I think is really teaching the same thing at at its core. Absolutely. But it's so funny how there have to be so many different people in the world doing so many different things. 
because each of us will resonate with a different way to get there. Mm -hmm. It's like we're all taking different roads to get to the same ultimate destination, which is so beautiful to think about and also just like eliminates any feeling of competition for me. Yes, exactly. Because there are people who need to hear it in the way that you can share it. Like they need you and your specific you know, your specific life, your stories, your experiences, your training, your talents, like they need you. They don't need Mm -hmm. just anyone who can do this. Mm -hmm. Oh boy. It's making me feel excited about doing this work (laughs) in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this, I feel like this work is so needed. Like this is this is the thing that the world is missing and it's not missing because there's so many of us who are doing it, but there's still so many people who don't even know that this is an option. Mm -hmm. Don't even know that they can feel better or that they can feel some relief or they can find peace or they can do what they feel called to do. Mm -hmm. I love it. What else? What else do we have to say? (laughs) I don't know. I feel like we've covered a lot of ground. We have. We have. Well, so I want to know, this is kind of like, I don't, we don't usually ask questions like this, but I want to ask it. Oh boy. I'm excited. (laughs) Well, it's kind of like a, it sounds like a really simple question, but I want to know like, what's the biggest, the word I was going to say is challenge, but as I was starting to say it, the word sorrow is really pushing forward. So I'm going to say, what's the biggest sorrow and the biggest joy that you've experienced in the past year as you've been doing this work? Yeah. Sorrow is a really big word for me. Um, you know, there's just, I realized that over the past four years, like one of the things I've learned is, is my own grief cycle. You know, I mentioned earlier that kind of at the beginning of this process, my father died and I, you know, I went through that grief cycle and then, um, I had a miscarriage about two years ago and I learned that grief cycle and the stuffed daughter Sally is, is a part of that grief (laughs) cycle, you know, and then, um, about seven months ago, my partner and I split up and I learned that grief cycle. And so sorrow has just been really kind of a very, intrinsic part of my experience. Um, and you know, the thing I, I have learned about sorrow is that one, it takes me about six months and I should try not to make any big decisions or any big purchases <laughs> in that six months because Wait, I will. What have you purchased while oh you were God. having sorrow? So much. Well, coaching. This is why I've been overcoached. Oh yeah. I'm <laughs> like, I need help. I need everything. <laughs> and then it's just ridiculous. Like it's, it's ridiculous. Um, I wish I had bought shoes, honestly, cause then I would have shoes and, <laughs> and I do not, I do not have shoes now. Um, I just have a lot of coaching that completely put me up. Um, I mean, it was all wonderful. I just shouldn't have been doing so much of it. Um, it was, it's a coping mechanism for me, I think. Um, anyway, you know, but the thing I've learned, you know, in that grief cycle is that sorrow, you know, and that grief will really, it'll clear you out. It will, because grief is a very, it's like a heavy emotion. So for grief to come up, all the other emotions that are sitting on top of it have to come up too. So like your anger and your frustration and, you know, it's, it's all coming up. Um, and I'm realizing I'm not actually answering your question. Um, that's okay. Yeah, the biggest sorrow um, since starting this, well, you know, personally, um, 
you know, I've had a lot of life changes since then. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 38 years old and I really like having kids has felt like a calling. Like I've, I've been getting visions of my daughter for like years now, mm-hmm. years, like her name popped like two years ago. I was just sitting at a, I was sitting at like a super duper burger having lunch and it was in the middle <laughs> Is that of the day. A thing? Super duper burger. Super duper. It's the best. If you guys ever come <laughs> to California, I will, I will take you. It's so delicious. And I was sitting there and I just like out of nowhere, I wasn't thinking about kids. I wasn't thinking about anything. I was just hanging out and out of nowhere, like I can, I can almost see my daughter. Like I see what she looks like. Her name jumps into my head and I just start crying into my lunch. Hmm. And it's, you know, she's been showing up ever since. Um, and so being in a place where, you know, I'm single now, I just turned 38, like, you know, the clock is ticking as horrible a cliche as that sounds. And so there's been a lot of sorrow around that. Um, and it's definitely more personal, I think, than the work, but Oh, I feel like there's something to be said about that. And it's kind of escaping me. Um, I might have it. <laughs> oh, please, please I tell think me what it is. When, when your work is intuitive and is so personal and like it is channeled through you, then everything that happens in your life impacts your work. Yeah. Yeah. Like it just, that's, even if you don't want it to, it doesn't matter how much you don't want it to. It, yeah. it, it is it. Yeah. Yeah. But I also feel to called to say that that's not necessarily a bad thing. Oh, totally. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yesterday I was so in the middle of this trigger when I was going into this coaching session with this client. And of course I brought that with me to the session, but it was the most powerful session I've ever facilitated. Mm. And it's like, so I don't know what about being in that trigger. Maybe it's that I was being so open to my own stuff. Mm-hmm. I brought that to the work and it helped her to go really deep, really fast. Yeah. Cause that's such a powerful place to be, to be open to your own sorrow and your own triggers and your own pain, because so many people are shut off from that. And that's mm-hmm. where a lot of problems start. Mm-hmm. And so being in that space is extraordinarily powerful. <sighs> and the biggest joy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think the biggest joy in some ways is being able to be in this place of like sorrow and loneliness Mm -hmm. and just be like, but I'm still, I'm still whole. There's still so much more of my life that's coming. There's still so much, you know, just joy here. Even just like looking out right now, I have these big windows and I can see trees and the blue sky and my little Zen frog on my deck. And (laughs) And, you know, and being able to like, you know, talk with people like you talk specifically with you (laughs) and be, you know, kind of in this place now, like there's so much joy in that. Mm -hmm. And so it's all, it's like, it's like being in the wholeness of your experience because it's so like, it's so tempting to like long for the Instagram perfect life (laughs) that of course isn't perfect. Like they're all, you know, you know, they're scooting their mess to the side out of the frame. Um, but it's tempting to long for this kind of Instagram perfect life and want everything to be perfect, but it's, it's never going to be perfect. You know, 
this is a big one for me because perfectionism has been such a coping mechanism. Like I felt like if I did it perfectly, I would get what I wanted. And then if I don't get what I wanted, it means I'm not doing it right. And it's like, whoa, honey, no, whoa, that's so hard to live with. Oh, yeah, it's like, come here, babe. Yeah. Let me give you a hug. Exactly. Because <laughs> you are misunderstanding the way life works. <laughs> yeah, and just like, you know, and having a lot of compassion for the, you know, the child who who developed those coping mechanisms and who thought that was how she had to show up in the world or she wouldn't get loved. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, it's, I think... Yeah, being in the wholeness of life and just being like, okay, I can feel sorrow. And I know now that if I, you know, if I end up crying on the carpet because I get triggered the next day, I'm going to feel clear. I'm going to feel kind of cleaned out. I'm going to feel excited again. I'm going to have new inspiration and there's, you know, new creativity will be running through me and I'll be able to show up in my life in a different way because something's been cleared out. Yeah. I think that's so gorgeous. I love, love, love that you brought up the idea of the greatest joy being able to be in the place of sorrow. Cause I have really felt that very acutely in the last like 24 hours, (laughs) hours. It's like, I do not like the way I feel trying to sort through what's going on at the same time. I chose to go in, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. like the fact that all these feelings are here, it may not be nice to feel them, but I feel so grateful that I'm looking at it because if I didn't look at it now, it would just get bigger and I would just have to do it later. Yeah. And it's just like the amount of gratitude I feel. And really, I think you're exactly right. It's joy. I feel joy for the person that I am that is able to go to a place that doesn't yeah. Cause that takes a lot of courage mm-hmm. and it's so easy to not do it. It's oh. so easy to say, I'm not going to look at that. Yeah. Oh. oh boy. Well, this has been the best episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. So Amber, Now, when you look back on a year ago today, can you describe for us in one word how you feel about the experience that you've had with this business? Hmm, that's interesting. I didn't think this was going to be the word that came up, but it's the word that came up was honor. Like Mm. it's an honor to, feel almost like called to show up in this way or Mm. to really show up for myself in this way, because we have to show up for ourselves in this way before we can show up for other people. And you know, a lot of things have changed in my life since I started this business. Um, and you know, they aren't the changes that I would have wanted, but looking back, like it was all exactly what needed to happen. And yeah, the word honor just keeps coming up. Like it was an honor to be like, for example, you know, my boyfriend and I broke up in kind of in this process 
but it was, it was such an honor to be with him for those, you know, for the time that we were. And it was an honor to have that experience with him as hard as it was in some ways. Um, and it's an honor to be, I guess, almost like, I don't know if the word is able or willing, but like, because you guys know when we, when we do this work, it's, we're opening ourselves up to something that's just much bigger than we are and much more loving and much wiser. And so it's an honor to like be a vessel for that Mm -hmm. and to be a receptor for that in the way that every human is, but like for whatever reason, whatever combination of factors, you know, happened, we, we know that we are, and we feel confident that we can do that. And so that's, yeah, it's an honor. Oh, I love that so much. Mm-hmm. And the last question is if you could go back to a year ago today and give yourself some advice from the person that you are now, what would you say? Mm. Oh, yes. Um, Let's see. I think, you know, we talked about this earlier. Like, I think I would tell myself just, you know, don't worry about doing it right. Don't worry about marketing it. Don't worry about setting up the proper business structure because it just doesn't matter. Ultimately, you know, you don't have to do it perfectly. There's no framework that's going to guarantee, you know, whatever your ego thinks it needs a guarantee in right now. Like just, just do what calls you do what you love, reach out to the people who show up in your brain, write the thing that shows up when you want to write it, like just kind of be in that flow. But also I feel like, you know, starting this business was one of the things that taught me that flow and taught me, you know, starting an intuitive business taught me so much more about my own intuition. Mm -hmm. Go figure. (laughs) <laughs> wow great i love it me too. <laughs> how many times can we say i love it in the- <laughs> <laughs> oh. all right well if people would like to find you on the internet amber where would they look they well i am on the internet under my own name for i started blogging like 10 years ago and i like hid behind first i was a moose then i was a panda <laughs> then i was a giraffe and now i'm like actually under my own name which is don't you love giraffes <laughs> i love giraffes it's like a weird fun fact i know about you just from facebook <laughs> i'm actually wearing my my lucky giraffe t-shirt right now oh, the giraffe oh. is wearing high top sneakers oh. and yes it's the best shirt ever and i I'm wearing it and it makes me happy. I love it. Uh, yes. Um, but anyway, yes, now I'm under my own <laughs> name, which is Amber Adrian, A-D-R-I-A-N. And yeah, it's just AmberAdrian.com. And I'm that on like Instagram and Twitter and all of the things. Beautiful. Oh boy. I can't wait to follow you on Instagram. Yeah, me too. I okay. wonder if I need to make, I, I should probably put up some more pictures of Sally. <laughs> yes. Well, can you put up a selfie of that giraffe t-shirt? Yes. I can. <laughs> I Tyler's just making requests. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, can you go out in the world and find the guy who looks like Gandalf and can you take a selfie of yourself? And <laughs> it's so funny. I, it's, it's really interesting to me because I do, I've interacted with you so little online, but I, there was a deep resonance and it's just like, now I'm 
like really vying to be your real life friend. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yay. totally. I totally Ooh. need friends. I feel like I shouldn't admit that. That sounds terrible. Oh, I need friends too, Amber. And I live in California. I'm not oh, anywhere near you, but that's fine. <laughs> I'm always in the market for friends. I yeah. love friends. It's friends, friends are the best. Friends are fantastic. <laughs> Everyone needs more friends. Yeah. All right, Sally, where can the people find you on the internet? They can find me on social media at Sally Simply. And they can find me at sallymercedes.com for my singing and writing and at unmutedexpression.com for whatever work I'm going to call something other than coaching. She's going to guide your business. If you're looking for a business guide, <laughs> yes. contact Sally. <laughs> Get at me. <laughs> and I can be found on the internet at tylafowler.com and Tyla M. Fowler on Instagram and for Megan, cause that's my middle name. And we have a gorgeous new website for the podcast. So please go check that out. It's a year ago podcast.com. Mm-hmm. There's so many fun things there. I'm so proud of it. Sally made it, but I helped. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why I love that sentence so much. Just, Sally made it, but I helped. <laughs> I have a lot of opinions. So I gave her a lot of feedback, um, but she's really the digital mastermind. Um, and then we're at a year ago podcast on all the social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and you can email us at a year ago podcast.com. If you have anything to say, com or at oh. doc or on our website, we do have a contact <sighs> page. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> By now, you know the drill. Also, if you like our intro outro music, you can follow Zena Hal Z Y N A H E L on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It was weird when I was saying that sentence in my head. It sounded like I wasn't saying Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I don't know why. I thought I was like messing them up. Anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, what else? That's everything. Those I are think. all the things. Those if you like this listening. podcast, please go rate it on iTunes or wherever you're listening and share it with everyone you know and do all that fun yes. stuff. And thank you, Amber, because this was great. Thank you, guys. Yeah. I had so much fun today. It was Me a pleasure too. and a joy. Oh, Yay! So good. Yay! All, right, all right, until next time. Peace out. Mm-hmm.